0: Welcome to Whiskey with Witcher. I'm Tim. And I'm Valerie. And this is a
1: podcast where we drink whiskey and talk about the Netflix TV series, The Witcher.
0: Spoiler alert, while each episode of our podcast directly correlates with an episode of the show, we will be discussing the series as a whole.
1: And we'll be mentioning things from the games, books, and other pieces of The Witcher IP. Although we'll do our best not to spoil any major potential plot points.
0: You have been warned.
1: So Tim, it's time for the most important question of the podcast. What are we drinking?
0: Well, this episode introduces one of the most popular characters in the Witcher mythos, Yaskir, a.k.a. Dandelion, a.k.a. Julian Alfred Pankratz, Viscount de Lettenhove. A- Lettenhove! <laughs> Sorry. Yasker <laughs> is Geralt's unlikely best friend and a bard, and so we're drinking Old Bardstown Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Old Bardstown isn't rare, and it's certainly not a small batch. In fact, it's pretty straightforward as bourbon goes. However, it does have an 80-year history, which by Kentucky standards is, well, not all that old. It comes from Willett Distillery, which was founded in the 1930s, and Old Bardstown was their first big success. The name comes from the Willett family's hometown, which is also the city the distillery is located in, Bardstown, Kentucky. Old Bardstown Bourbon made its debut in the 1940s and in 1964 received Kentucky's Gold Medal Award for Excellence. Since then, Willett Distillery has introduced a full selection of whiskeys, including several limited and small batch varieties. But they still make Old Bardstown. So tonight we're drinking a dram for Yaskir's first episode.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Cheers.
0: Yeah. Cheers, eyes. Definitely smoother than the last whiskey. Yeah, we tried. for sure.
1: It doesn't have that, that Bernie aftertaste <laughs> that we had in our first episode.
0: Yeah. So we're talking about episode two, which is called Four Marks, right?
1: Yeah. And actually, Tim, mm-hmm. before we get started in the episode, I have a surprise new segment oh. that I'm uh, springing on you just right now. <laughs> oh, God. I'm calling it Book Report. Oh, wow. Because... I have finished Blood of Elves. Oh, wow.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah, just Congrats. finished it last night, thank you. Congrats, wow, awesome. Yeah. You realize it's been a while since I've read <laughs> Blood of Elves. Okay. There's a okay. Lot- <laughs>
1: not too much to discuss because, of course, I'm going to try and be very vague as to mm-hmm. not spoil it for anybody who might not have read the books yet. And okay. I'm, I'm only three into the series, so this is my first actual full-length novel in the Witcher series, um, having read the first two short story books before.
0: Yeah, So, it, and, and so to clarify, the series is a total of eight books, two collections of short stories, and six novels, five of which comprise the main Witcher saga. So this is the first of those five. And it's the book that next season is going to be largely based on, at least from what we've heard.
1: And can I just stop and say, I was so impressed with how you just did that, Tim. Like, that was amazing. Uh, well done there. Awesome. Yeah, I was just like, you were starting to say them. And I thought to myself, oh, no, he's going to ask me how many books there are. I don't know the answer to that question. So thank you for coming prepared.
0: Yeah. Um, so Blood of Elves, what did you what did you think?
1: Well, I loved all the character stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You get to meet new characters. You get to expand upon existing characters. You get to see characters interacting with other characters that maybe haven't interacted so much in the past. Mm-hmm. And all the Siri stuff was, of course, awesome. It was yeah. so cute. I love seeing Siri interact with everybody from the Witchers to Yennefer. I'm yeah. really looking forward to a uh, next season because this is getting me psyched for it.
0: Yeah, that was my favorite part of the book as well.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I do have a few criticisms. Oh, I have. Because I, I, I wouldn't be me if I didn't. But, um, <laughs> I would say that the plot was kind of, like, non-existent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: the whole thing, like, read, like, a training montage to
0: me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah, mm -hmm. there's, like,
1: a lot of world building and a lot of character stuff. But there's all this setup and, like, no narrative payoff.
0: Yeah. Which I
1: think maybe, I mean, you're further ahead of me in the series. Maybe the next book has the payoff.
0: I mean talking about the five books of the main, you know, sort of saga, I really do feel it gets better with each one, but it is a little bit slow to start. And it's interesting you say that because my thought was after I finished blood of elves, if I, th- that was the first Witcher book I had read. If I hadn't seen the show, if I hadn't played the game, if I just heard of this, this fantasy saga and decided to check it out and I started with blood of elves, I don't know that I would have read anymore because it, not a lot happens in it. And it's interesting because um Henry Cavill said it's his favorite of all the, the Witcher books. And it's odd to me because, to be perfectly frank with you, it's my least favorite. Yeah. Uh, most of the ones I've read.
1: And I think, like, I'm I'm a little more chill with it on the whole because I I know all the books are already published and mm-hmm. I have the next one on the shelf yeah. ready to go. But I think if I were reading these as they came out and that was where it ended, I'd just kind of think to myself... Where's the rest of it? Like, yeah. what's going on with this? But, yeah. you know, giving it a hard time. I did enjoy it. I I have enjoyed all of the books of the series that I've yeah. read so far.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a lot of world building and a lot of just introducing new sort of supporting characters. And at this point, you're right. You don't really know where they're going. But there are a few that I do really like. And you know, as we as we start getting into season two, I think we'll we'll talk about those a lot more. But yeah, I I, I think I'm with you. I it's not my favorite book by any stretch. They do get better. Um, yeah. And there's, you know, a reason why I keep texting you and telling you, <laughs> I, God, I can't wait for you to get to book 3 or I can't wait for you to get to book 4, um because that's that's, you know, as I'm as I'm getting through these these later books and and getting to all this sort of kind of really fun stuff and action and surprising stuff, it's just like ah, you can't <laughs> talk to anyone about it. So Well,
1: I'm going to start the next one soon. So all right. Awesome. I'm making my way through. And thus ends my book
0: report. Yay! <laughs> well done. So now you're going to talk more, though, because you're going <laughs> to give this, this episode summary on the spot.
1: Yes, because you had to do it last time. So now it's my turn. <sighs> So basically, summary on the spot, uh, we hear at Whiskey with Witches. She's lying. She wrote it down. Please, are Sean. Please, Sean. No, don't out me. Uh, I took some notes, guys. <laughs> Full disclosure. Yeah. But- so
0: when she does a much better job than I did, you know. <laughs>
1: We wanted it to be a little punchier, not so rambly.
0: I was off the cuff. That's all I'm going to say. You were off the cuff. All right.
1: You were. But I'm going to have some notes, so bear with me, guys. Anyway, as I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted, (laughs) uh, we here at Whiskey with Witcher kind of assume that you've already seen the episode. If you haven't seen the episode, what are you doing here? But anyway, because you've probably seen the episode, you don't need us to spend the entire podcast telling you what you already know. So here's a really quick little summary just to get us all on the same page. Okay, here we go. So this is the first episode where all three of our main characters show up kind of at the same time. Mm -hmm. Sort of not, more on that later. And we follow their various storylines. First, we get to meet Yennefer. Yay, Yennefer's joined the party. Yeah, I love Yennefer. Mm -hmm. Uh, We learn more about her past, her time as a teenager at Hogwarts. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Eratusa. Anyway, she goes to this magic school where she learns to be a sorceress. And she has a very complicated, to say the least, uh, relationship with her mentor, mm-hmm. Uh, She also gets herself this hunky sorcerer friend turned eventual boyfriend, Istrid. Well done, Yennefer. Good mm-hmm. for you. Uh, Siri is still on the run from Nilfgaard. She meets some people. Most of them die. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Uh, Geralt meets Yaskir the Bard, a.k.a. Dandelion, for those of you that have read the books to play the games. Mm -hmm. Um, Via a Witcher contract, they end up encountering a group of elves led by Philavandrel, and I got it right, because I mess up his name all the time. There's going to be so many names that we mess up, guys. Just roll with us on it. That's what happens when you talk about Witcher while drinking whiskey. I wish I could blame it on the whiskey <laughs> anyway. Uh, we, That's uh, what we
0: do here. We Regardless of whether it it's whiskey. a whiskey or not, we blame it on the whiskey. I like yeah. this plan. Yeah.
1: So we, we meet Philavandrel and we learn that there's more going on with the human-elven conflict than meets the eye. Also, the earworm, known as coin is mm-hmm. born. So that's basically my summary of the Good episode. Job. Thank you. Got so called much, out by producer Sean a little bit. So
0: much but easier when you write those down. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's our podcast and we can slightly change the format if we want to.
0: It's called four marks, as we said earlier, and God, when you find out what that name means, it's a gut punch. It's a
1: double <laughs> gut punch, because the first time I watched it, we're going to jump ahead a little bit, because we love to play fast and loose with canon, just like, uh, well, just see, like the show sometimes. Yeah, I was
0: say, sh- you know, yeah, just like the time show.
1: Timelines don't exist in this podcast. Yennefer, like four marks, because that's what she was sold for, but mm-hmm. also later when she tries to commit suicide... She's got four marks on her wrists. I didn't even. I did not pick that. up on that the first time either. Oh Someone my god! You me.
0: are blowing my mind. Yeah, right. Now. <laughs> right?
1: Like, isn't that terrible and and kind of interesting at the same time? But yeah, like Jennifer has had a pretty horrible early life.
0: This is really, in my opinion, Jennifer's episode. It's, yeah,
1: for sure, for sure.
0: It, like like Geralt and Siri are in it, but I noticed actually. I think I I wrote it down. Geralt doesn't show up until something like 13 minutes into the episode prior to that most of it is all yen and since she's not in the first episode it makes sense like this is really her her introduction but we're seeing stuff that is only alluded to in the book series it's this isn't from the book yeah Um,
1: we know that she's A hunchback. a Hunchback. Like that line is in the book.
0: It's alluded to in a line. And that's about all we get. We never flash back and see her at this point in her life. So this is all stuff that was created for the show. So that's, that I find really interesting, you know, but it, it it fleshes out the character, no doubt. And we get to see this side of her before she's all beautiful and, you know, intimidating. And I, I find that really fascinating and also like really surprising because I remember having been familiar with Yennefer from the game when I watched the show and I'm introduced to this, this hunchback character. I'm like, wait, wait, how is this Yen? Like, what is this? But you know, it's such a fascinating story. You know, and also such a, a sad story. Yeah, um, she
1: like gets sold. Yeah, for four marks to yeah. you know to Seia.
0: Which you know, just for context, what was it like? He was a going pig to, goes for more. Yeah, he sell he sells his daughter, his for, stepdaughter, stepdaughter for four yeah. marks to um to. Tisea? Tysa, I
1: Tysia? believe. Yeah. See, we're gonna get the names wrong.
0: Well, so Tysa Devries is a a really interesting character because she's a pretty big supporting character on the show, but she's barely mentioned in the books. Like she's she's in Blood
1: of Elves. I can tell you that, having just finished Blood of Elves. But
0: but <laughs> in the periphery, right? Yes, like, she's just
1: in like one chapter. Yeah,
0: yeah. Not not a, a big character. But I would say, at least on, on Yennefer's side of the, the story, she's a pretty, pretty big character um, there. You know? Yeah, like they, she's they like definitely her, her
1: mentor, for... almost mother figure, but kind of an abusive mother figure. Yeah, definitely. They have a definitely twisted hard. relationship, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I find the character of Tesea fascinating, but you know, she is, yeah, she is pretty harsh with, with Yennefer she calls her piglet through yeah she's doing like a episode. negging thing yeah like that seems to
1: be to say his whole game is she's just like negging Yennefer and yeah. she's like eventually becoming a badass sorceress
0: yeah and clearly she sees that in Yennefer from the beginning but there's no real indication of that as you're watching this episode but yeah what, is, what are your thoughts on to say
1: uh, i think her entire wardrobe is fucking fantastic <laughs> is oh my god it's amazing it's all like <laughs> giant shoulders and high collars it's very like stiff and prim and proper uh-huh. which if you uh, if you've read the book too it's recently in my mind they talk about how she's very like fussy and almost a little obsessive about her hmm. clothes and making sure everything's straight and on right and perfect and then her sleeves match well, then- so i think the costuming department did a really nice job with her wardrobe because it's yeah. very like stern matriarch of the school and you know everything's very stiff and restrictive. Yeah.
0: So it's true to true to form and, and quite a bit different from what we see Jennifer in in this episode. Jennifer by the way I just got to say um props to the makeup department oh, because yeah. like those prosthetics and makeup are amazing. To the point that, like, I, you couldn't be blamed for thinking it's a different actress playing Yennefer in these earlier episodes than it is later in the season when she's all beautiful. Yeah, so they did an
1: amazing job.
0: Yeah, it's it's and, and even just aging her like she yeah. looks pretty young here. I have no idea how old the actress is. What what's the actress? She's in, in her
1: early 20s, I believe. Oh, really?
0: That young? So yeah. she's young. OK, yeah. Anya um, Shalatra. OK, She's, right.
1: uh, I think she's pretty young. I don't know off the top of my head. But yeah, I believe Jennifer is 14 at the beginning of this. She's supposed okay. to be 14 when she attends Eratusa.
0: Interesting. All right. And then and then even just seeing so much of Aretuza. Yeah, I think parts of the books show up there. You know, but like, not like what we see here. Like we really get to see Artusa. We sit in on some of the classes. Uh, we meet some of Yen's fellow students. Oh my um, God,
1: Sabrina. I love Sabrina. There's this scene where she's talking about, Um say is talking about their conduit moment, which is basically the moment their magical powers first spark to life. And she's telling, oh, this girl saved a boy from drowning. And this girl did this. And this girl set fire to that. And then she goes, Sabrina turned her mother fat. And if oh, you look yeah. at the actress's face, <laughs> she's got this little smirk that's just so hilarious.
0: Sabrina, now refresh my memory. Is she the one. The blonde. She's a blonde who's kind of, you know, undeniably sort of attractive. and She's like, very,
1: like, perfect. She's yeah. very good at everything right away.
0: Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she catches lightning in the bottle yeah, in yeah. that later sequence. and comes out with such a smug cocky look yeah, on her and face speaking
1: of like awesome just little character moments there's another girl in the background that never really has any lines or maybe she has like one or two but she's like one of the background sorceress trainees mm-hmm. and she's carrying a doll with her i don't know if you noticed that but mm-hmm. there's a girl that's one of the sorceress trainees that has like a little doll with her the entire time no. until eventually to say when they're i think catching lightning like rips it out of her hands and hands her the lightning bottle and i just thought that was oh. such a like Interesting moment that I, she's just carrying a doll around I, and they never really call attention to it or say like yes, this is my I have this.
0: That's interesting. All right, so you're yeah. you, you definitely picked up on more things than I did because I know what you're talking about and I remember seeing that and I didn't know I thought there was something over the bottle that you know that that Tysaia ripped off. Like yeah. I thought it was like maybe the bottle was in in, you know, a bag or something like that. I didn't realize that was a doll. Yeah, she's she got like
1: a cloth doll that she's oh, got with her in every okay. scene. I know I the- thought was just like a background detail that, you know, yeah. it serves no purpose. You don't know anything about this girl, but it it yeah. was just very interesting.
0: I mean, the other classmates, since we're talking about them, that's, I think, of significance is Fringilla. Fringilla, Riga. yeah. Yeah. We'll talk more about her, I guess, as the story progresses and we get into these later episodes, but she proves to be a, a significant character in this season and presumably in future seasons because she's... Um, a pretty big supporting character in the books, yeah, and even shows up in the the Witcher game. that's Jennifer, her story what else do we have to talk about? Uh,
1: how about her hot boyfriend?
0: Oh yeah, oh, we definitely got to talk about eastred uh- <laughs> yeah he's
1: a he's a dreamboat
0: you so you you like eastred,
1: oh uh, yeah, I think he's pretty pretty cute,
0: yeah, <laughs> see, so I don't. I have I I don't know how I feel about each. Well,
1: character-wise, they have an interesting like spy versus spy dynamic going on because you find out that they're both like snitching on each but, other. But they're you don't know that at headmasters first. not at first. You find yeah. it out by the end of the episode.
0: Yeah, but at first, he's who he's her first kind of encounter magic with this contact. magic world. Yeah, yeah. She's, she her, finds herself transported into his. cave. All right, so <laughs> we got to talk about. The cave, the bone cave, the bone cave. The bone cave. The bone ca- what the bone hell? Bone cave. What the hell, Mellor? Well, there's a eventual boning. Spoiler alert for
1: episode three.
0: Oh, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. But like, all right. So so Easter egg, like. He just is living in this fucking bone cave. I think it's I like his secret
1: spot where he goes. He's at he's at boy magic school. He's at Banar. Yeah, Ard. but we
0: never see him there. No, he's we just don't. always, he's always hanging in the cave. Out in this bone cave. And
1: I don't understand how she regularly teleports there if she's so bad at magic at first, but yeah. somehow she's always there. But yeah, that wasn't quite explained. But, but yeah, and, he's in this cave, and it's like the bones of the elves. who yeah. had Built.
0: But what is he doing there? That? I what, don't
1: know. He, I mean, if you're a teenage boy, wouldn't you hang out in a creepy cave filled with bones? Like, I mean, wouldn't it, that be the place you'd what, go? it would
0: probably freak me the hell out um, but two it's like h- how long can you entertain yourself there like what is going what is so interesting like i could see exploring it for an hour or two and then i'd be done with the bone cave like, he's like like you have no there. poetry in your soul tim i mean what's is, are bones poetic i don't it can be all death and i mean no <laughs> It's a freaky game. Okay, so
1: you are anti-Bone Cave. I get Uh, it. I mean, I kind
0: of like that he's always in the Bone Cave, but I don't quite get it. Uh, it's because the Witcher had a limited budget and they could only have him in one location? (laughs) I mean, sure. But also, I find it... Funny that Yen keeps showing up there and doesn't think it's all freaky that this guy's just hanging out in this cave with all these skulls and bones. Yeah, and And they're
1: like the bones of her ancestors, by the way, because we find out that she's a quarter elf, and he says they're elven bones. Yeah, yeah.
0: You find that out, which ties into a greater, greater theme. But like, I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter if they're elf, if they're human, if they're animal. They are bones. He's hanging around, (laughs) you know, the the dehydrated corpses of people. (laughs) And she's all, hey, this guy's really cute. I think I want to get to know him better. Dude, if
1: there was a cute boy when I was 14 and felt like shitty about myself and was in an abusive family and this cute boy showed me the time of day, I'd be like, sure, bone cave, let's go. confidence
0: is not the greatest. I'll give you that. Yeah. And he is is a, a nice looking guy. But that's kind of a little weird. I would say that'd be a big red flag for me hanging out in the bone cage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have to say, like, when they first go there and they first meet for the first time, when he's talking about, like, she'll find you, she's coming for you. I thought that was super freaking creepy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, who's she? What's going to end? It's like, oh, no, no, she's just going to school. <laughs> but for a minute, it was like, oh, my God, is someone coming to, like, steal Jennifer away? I guess technically, yes. But
0: uh, all right,
1: it was a little creepier than I it actually turned out being.
0: But you're pro cave. You like the cave.
1: Right? I'm fine. I don't. I'm not pro or anti cave. <laughs> it's fine. It's a like cave. Some art director was like, you know, it would be cool. We put bones in here. <laughs> we got them on sale at the prop department. Let's I mean, do it. It's a
0: cool looking set. I will give it that. You know. <sighs> um, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what it says about God Eastred.
1: damn bone cave.
0: <laughs> okay, so so Easter though, you know, I. I am of mixed feelings about him because, okay, obviously, I think it's weird he's hanging out in this cave. But <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, he does care about Yennefer. And, okay, you're right, spy versus spy thing happening. But I think it's pretty clear also that they both kind of genuinely have feelings for each other. They both care about each other, you know, may even love each other. Yen is obviously, at this point, she's she's hunchback. She's not an attractive girl and he cares about her in spite of that, which is more than you can say for Geralt, like Geralt doesn't see her at this stage in her life. So that is definitely something in favor of Eastred. I think, you know, that he actually falls in love with this, this um, sorceress to be before she's a sorceress
1: before she's like super foxy. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Before she's really, you know, beautiful and attractive and, and, you know, he, he sees something in her. So, so I I'm I'm of mixed feelings. I don't dislike Eastred. I just I'm not quite sure I'm team Eastrid the way you. Yeah,
1: I'm team everybody, Tim.
0: Yeah, but
1: I do want to put a pin in that for later for the next episode when we get more into their relationship yeah. because I do have a lot of thoughts on getting to see Yennefer in a romantic relationship before yeah. her transformation. So that is definitely something I want to talk about next okay. episode.
0: All right. All right.
1: You know, speaking of, um, and I, again, names, man. Istrid, Istred, Istred sure. I don't know. Yeah. It, it is what it is, guys. I'm going to slur my way through all of these things <laughs> with my flat ass American accent. Sorry. <laughs> but um, Anya Chalotra, who plays Yennefer, is such an amazing freaking actress. Like she mm-hmm. and Joey Beatty, who plays Yaskier, and we'll get to him later, I feel like are doing a lot of the heavy lifting in this series acting wise. Mm-hmm. They are so, so good at having these, like, just great reactions and conveying emotion and characterization with the slightest little subtle gesture, intonation, or bit of body language. Like, it's really amazing to watch. For example, the first time she meets Astrid, he's telling her that she's magical. And it's so quick. And if you blink, you miss it. But she legit, like, tears up and says, what? Like, she cries. And it's a second shot. Like, it's really, really quick. But she conveys so much in that one moment of, like, All the shit her character's gone through and you know she's probably been abused uh, definitely emotionally and verbally if not physically as well. And she's been told that she's broken and useless and, you know, just been treated like crap, right? And then suddenly you have this person coming telling you that you're special for the first time in your life. And she in an instant like conveys all of that by just tearing up and saying what the way she says it. And yeah. it's so impressive. And she does that, like, throughout all the episodes. She's such a good actress. And I'm just like, she nails it every time. And she's
0: acting through prosthetics. Here. Oh, my
1: God. Um, like, so many prosthetics. Yeah. And that can't be comfortable. Like, she's got to be in pain doing that.
0: Yeah. 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 The scene with, um, at the beginning where, um where she's processing the fact that she was sold for four four marks where she breaks the mirror and then off camera, you know, attempts suicide, no ego whatsoever in that scene. Like she makes herself look like she's falling apart. I mean, she makes herself look ugly and um, it's just, uh, you know, a a performance that I think is, is really underrated. And
1: that's one of the things that I really love that they do in the show. And I think it's to the benefit of having a female showrunner and female writers is that the female characters are allowed to be ugly. They're allowed to exist. They're allowed to have snot on their faces yeah. when they cry. You know, yeah. you don't have to, like, pretty cry. Yeah. You can exist as a human being in the world, and it's captured, mm-hmm. and it's great. Like, you know, as a woman, I really ex- relate to that and love that. Yeah. And, you know, we'll talk more about that, too, in future episodes as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, they do, a, they do a great job, and she's just amazing. Yeah. She's such a great actress.
0: So what do you think um, unless there's more you want to say about
1: well I know. just wanted to mention did you notice that her eyes look so much better than everyone else's eyes and that's because her eyes are CGI and everyone else's has contacts in
0: huh is that true even at this point yeah she's- she
1: has she said she has said in an interview that she tried to do it with the contacts and she just couldn't do it they just bothered her too much and I think it's for the benefit of the show because like this no no offense to the contact department yeah. but the CGI ones look so much better.
0: Huh. Yeah. Okay. So
1: I just thought that was an interesting factual tidbit. Yeah. Like if you think, why do Yennefers look so good? It's because they're computer generated.
0: <laughs> um, Well, you know, before we move on to the other stories in this episode, I am curious what you think then – of kind of the finale of um the Yennefer story in this episode at the end of the end of this episode, you find out,
1: oh, yeah, we haven't talked about the eels.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, all right, so just keep swimming. <laughs> you find out you find out um there's a whole question of of who's going to ascend because not every every student at Eratusa ascends and, and gets yeah. to the, the next level, and for much of this episode, it seems unlikely that. That Yen is going to, I mean, all these sort of tasks and assignments that she's given, she fails at.
1: Yeah, she's really bad at all of them. Yeah.
0: And so you're not sure, but, you know, when she's successful in spying on, I mean, that's not really what she, she, she was asked to obtain um, an item from Eastred, a flower, and basically, you know, um, get it from him by, by, I, I guess, seducing him yeah. or, you know, getting him to, to give it up to her. As an assignment, and she's successful in that. And she asks, do I ascend? And she's told, well, you know, listen for the knock. And the knocks come, but they don't come. They don't arrive at her door. And you find out that the people who got the knocks, the other students at the school, most of them ascending, or I guess they're not ascending, but basically they're turned into eels. Right? Yeah, uh, to power the school. To power the school. <laughs> and um, it's the ones who weren't called who who you see ascend, which I think includes your Sabrina. I think no, Sabrina's
1: fine. Sabrina yeah. makes it through. Sabrina and Angela
0: do, and then Yen I think are the ones that do, and yeah. the other students all get turned into eels. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's this great line that there's this great line that Tissaia says, and she says at the beginning of the episode, and then again at the end, which is. Um, sometimes the best thing a flower can do is to die.
1: Sometimes a flower is just a flower, and the best thing it can do for us is die.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's what she says at the beginning, and then later she says a a shortened version. But, you know, the point is there, you know? Like, that's what she says in... Um, response to these students who
1: yeah <laughs> get turned into eels yeah
0: yeah I mean Tasea is not a <laughs> yeah. warm and fuzzy and kind no and, yeah she Dumbledore she is not
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Dumbledore did some shit stuff too but well, yeah. that's for another podcast <laughs> you know speaking going back a little bit speaking of lines uh, you're talking about my man Istrid hmm? they have that whole mind reading scene which is super cute and adorable. And he uh, thinks of things and he's like, these are the things that I thought you would love. Uh, like that's a baller move, right? They're practicing <laughs> telepathy. And he's like, I'm thinking of things that I thought would be important to you that you would like.
0: I mean, would, would that work? That's charming. Does oh, that yeah, work? that would totally work. Okay.
1: I mean, Geralt's hot, but emotionally available. The man is not.
0: <laughs> I mean, I never thought of, of of mind reading as a way of actually. You but know. he's
1: thinking of things for her, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, um, I I love this introduction to Yennefer. I thought it was I really interesting. A lot of insight, and you definitely. You see having watched the series bits of her like fiery nature come up later there's a scene at the beginning where she like i think he says something about her being a virgin and she slaps him right away <laughs> and then she's like oh sorry but yeah that that like quickness to yeah. attack and be on the attack is very very yennefer
0: yeah yeah no i i i think it's a great introduction um like i said i feel like this is yennefer's episode and i feel like her story is the strongest of of the episode for sure. Yeah. Um, and actually I will actually suggest we talk about series storyline before we get to Geralt's thanks for um, me because series is, I think the weakest storyline. Yeah. It's it's not necessarily like it's bad per se. There's just not a lot to it. She, um, I guess the most significant thing is she meets this, this friend um, Dara. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's run away. We lo- we left her at the end of um, episode one Having escaped from this Nilfgaardian who's pursuing her, and um, and so she's on her own, and she meets this 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 friend who we don't know anything about him. Matter of fact, he doesn't say anything. Yeah, to he doesn't her. talk for a while. Yeah, at the very beginning, for most of um for most of the episode, he says nothing. We find out at the very end that he's an elf, but we don't know that through most of the episode. He has a hat on covering his his ears, but he helps her. He. He stops her from eating poisonous berries. He helps her hunt down food.
1: He offers her some rat, which she at first turns down. It's like, "Uh uh-uh, Siri. Number one rule of being on the run is when somebody offers you hot rat, you eat that rat. And here's
0: the thing. The rat actually looks quite tasty when they're grilling it. Yeah, it's not bad. When it's on the spit, I would totally eat that rat. It doesn't look bad. Sorry,
1: Siri. You don't get to be a princess about your food
0: choices when you're like on the run for your life. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a princess at all. I have... Plenty of options for food. But if someone <laughs> offered me that rat, like that he was he was roasting on the spit, I would totally have rat. Well
1: done, ju- well done, prop department. Yeah. you made a rat look appetizing. Yeah,
0: too. yeah. So anyhow, they they make they have some rat. She
1: muddies up her hair.
0: She muddies which up. That's like, a good, good one. Good job, Siri. Yeah, good yeah. job.
1: Darken your your noticeable locks. Yeah,
0: like Siri is 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 very capable. I mean, she's not a you know she's young, but she's no damsel in distress, um, which I like the the one there is one moment that I found kind of amusing though, which is like they're they're walking, and at one point um Dara you know he shivers and you see that he's cold, so she gives him one of her gloves, <laughs> but not
1: both gloves, <laughs> yeah,
0: and I have to. I have to ask: Would one glove really warm you up that much? I don't know. I
1: mean, I guess you could like hide your other hand in a sleeve.
0: It just—it was a nice—it was a nice gesture, but like, I'm like, I don't know what that actually does. (laughs) I don't know. know. Maybe, maybe elf, elven biology is different, and they only need one glove. I'm not sure, but you know, that struck me as a little odd. So she meets him, and then she eventually get finds this encampment of refugees. uh, Yeah, Sintrin refugees. And she she kind of is taken in by this family who they're not they're not very nice people Um, They're I don't think they're named. Maybe maybe they are. I don't I don't recall getting their names. I certainly didn't write them down, but they're kind of they're kind of awful, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. So this scene with the refugee family illustrates one of the things that I really love about the writing on the show. Mm -hmm. And that's how much they play with Shades of Grey. Yeah. So like no one character is ever entirely right or entirely wrong. You're introduced to the family, and they're actually really nice to Siri. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, she kind of has this little, not quite flirty flirty, but she's like, he's a cute boy. And then you find out he's got like an elf ear necklace, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, that's not good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: then you find out that they're like, the family's helping her and the mom's really nice to her. But then the mom turns around and is like, really racist to their servant. She yeah. Says, I think the line is, he's one of the clean ones. Yeah. And yeah. the show does stuff like that a lot. They set someone up like Calanthe, for example, and you think, ah, she's this badass. I love her. <laughs> and then you come to find out in Calanthe's case, like she committed genocide against the elves. Yeah. So, you know, problematic fave there. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, they just do that a lot and I love it. Like, no one person's ever entirely good or entirely bad and you you set somebody up and you think oh this nice family is going to help her and then it's like oh no they're really shitty
0: (laughs) calanthe i i feel has more good than bad like more good qualities than bad qualities in my opinion i just you don't get to know this this centrin refugee family well enough to really know Anything beyond what's well, they do do a
1: nice exposition dump, which is another one of the little hints in the timeline that the timelines are happening at different times. If yeah. you haven't picked up on it yet, in we the don't, series.
0: I don't think anyone yeah. first watch um, picks up on it at this yeah.
1: point. Yeah, so like they have a whole thing about um, the Elven Rebellion mm-hmm. and that Elven spies apparently helped Nilfgaard take Sintra, and I believe yeah. they mention phil Evandrel at one point yeah, and the younger do. son so mm-hmm. something to the effect of well it was the elves land first you know yeah, yeah so that that sets up that you know stuff is happening and then later when you meet phil Evandrel, it's previous but you mm-hmm. don't it doesn't necessarily know click for you no. that these two things are happening at different times
0: yeah yeah no it, it, i don't think that's at all clear at this point i i feel like you get you're right you get that that you know, info exposition dump. But you you don't really know much about this family. But just from what I gathered, I mean, I didn't find them likable at all, Um, especially the mother I found particularly awful. She may, you know, be nice and kind to Siri. Siri Yeah. But you know, Siri is a Sintarin wom- young woman. Like, I mean, it's clear there's some real classism, racism going on here. I don't know who that servant. If he's um, supposed to be a dwarf or a or halfling, a halfling, or yeah, they have all these different races in the world, and it's unclear. They they aren't really clear as to to what what race he's supposed to be. But it's it's clear this 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 matriarch sees. Him as less than mm-hmm. and ultimately she pays the price for it. Yeah, because, he gets a
1: little stabby stabby yeah. And I can't say entirely blame him for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the end of Siri's of story, which is a pretty basic, not, you know, it doesn't take up too much of the episode, but the end of her story, Nilfgaard finds this refugee camp and and raids it. And in the craziness, um, yeah, the the servant kills the 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 mother, and then as Siri's leaving, you find her son, um, the one with the uh, elf Elfie ears, necklace, has been yeah. killed as well. So everyone, you know, all the people she met basically are dead. And and Dara finds her again and and helps her get out of there. And um, and afterwards, then you find out he's you learn his name and find out he's Yeah, an elf. he
1: finally it's, talks to her. Yeah, know, he's an elf. Anyway, know. so that's yeah, that's pretty much series storyline yeah. in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. And then then we get to to Geralt's storyline, um, which um I, I like Geralt's storyline. I mean, obviously, it introduces Yasker, And I guess that the first question I have for you is, um character of Yasker is called... Yaskir, and I asked you earlier: Is it Yaskir or Jaskir? I it's like
1: with a Y, Yaskir.
0: Yeah, like what? How did you put it?
1: Oh, I said Yaskir, like Yas Queen. Yeah,
0: and (laughs) and you know, say what you will, guys, but that's how I'm remembering it from now on. (laughs) Um, So Yas Queen (laughs) Sheer, dear
1: lord, what have I done?
0: Yeah, (laughs) he he's called Yaskir in the in the Netflix series, but. Every place else, um, at least in the English translation, he's called dandelion. Now... Is Jaskier just the, the Polish? I believe it's prim- the
1: Polish word for buttercup. And there mm. may have been a translation thing where it could be either buttercup or dandelion. Yeah. I didn't look into it too closely. I, I but yeah, dandelion. Jaskier, my understanding is his name in Polish is actually Yaskir, but it means like buttercup. Okay. I think
0: I like dandelion better than yeah. buttercup. But I
1: like that they went with Jaskier. I like you that do? it's just Jaskier. To, seem,
0: me, uh, to me, he's dandelion. I just, you know, yeah. it's hard calling him. That's why I had to ask you how to yeah. pronounce it. Even though I know that's, that's what he's called in the show, and I've seen the show several times now, in my head, he's still Dandelion. When I talk to you about him, I call him Dandelion. Yeah, you know. I
1: call him Master, because that's how he's introduced to him, but...
0: <sighs> So you like Yasuke? I love Yasuke. Yes, I mean, yes, I'm talking Kier. about the character. I'm talking about it as a name. Just oh like yes, the, yes. The naming convention. Yeah,
1: I like the name. Um, there is some like fanon and fanfic that handwaves it as being an elder word, uh-huh. which you know they they kind of say like Polish what, is elder.
0: What does the fan community think of the fact that he's called Yasuke on the show? Um, it?
1: it depends on who you talk to because there are different levels of fan community. There are people like me who came into it from the show. Uh-huh. Like the show is our first experience to it. So yeah. that's. And then there are people that probably prefer like you, Dandelion, because that's how they were introduced to him.
0: Yeah. But I, 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 I like the It's name. not it's obviously it's it's certainly not a deal breaker for yeah. me by any stretch in the show. Um, and I've kind of gotten, you know, used to it and accepted it. It's just But I like Dandelion.
1: Yeah, but I can't picture Henry Cavill, like, mean growling Dandelion out over and over again.
0: (laughs) Dandelion. Yeah, it
1: doesn't work.
0: I think it works. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, but Henry Cavill was a a fan of the game, so he probably took the role expecting to say Dandelion. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I mean, you know, and and come on, the, the voice actor in the games is pretty growly, too. Yeah. But, I mean... Other than the name, he is he is the character to a T, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I love Askir. Gear
1: yeah. to me, he's uh, oh. the face that launched a thousand ships. And by ships, Tim, I mean fanfic ships. Because <coughs> I am all aboard and full steam ahead on the SS Garaskir. <laughs> <laughs> That's a portmanteau, isn't it?
0: <laughs> is that, is that- that is a that's, hard one to isn't say. It
1: gear Gariskeyer. It's Terrible, Garris-gear. but the opposite doesn't work either. It's like Yaskololt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's pretty bad. I mean, it'd probably be better if they used Dandelion. You know, <laughs> they
1: have that too. That does exist. Garolion.
0: Well. Like, Garolion.
1: I think that's what it is. Garolion.
0: That's easier to say. Than it Garris-gear. is easier
1: to say. I, I will give.
0: See, props there for that. you go for the <laughs> do it for the fan for the ship ships. name. If nothing else, yeah.
1: <laughs> I love Gear, though. I love him so much. Mm-hmm. I love his introduction. (laughs) So we're in a pub bar, very cool looking bar, by the way. The exterior shot of that bar—it's like some crazy steampunk cloud nonsense. Yeah,
0: I wanted to say that. uh, You know, really quick, quick aside, like. This is a gorgeous episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The exterior of the the bar, and you're right, like just in Passada. The the art design on it was was phenomenal. But just this whole episode in general um, is just a gorgeous, gorgeous episode. I yeah, think, you know, and there's
1: a lot of interesting dichotomy between. The lightness of the Geralt storyline, just physically light, like yeah. sunny and beautiful and yes, fields yeah. and everything, versus the darkness of Yennefer de yeah. and Siri on the run.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, in the
1: woods. Yeah,
0: it, it is like you know the the Geralt story is very, very bright and lush and pastoral and yeah. And so you're you're introduced to to Yasker in this. This pub,
1: Yaskir is going to be your philandral. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, going to I'm
0: going to say right now, guys, I'm going to be I'm going to be using Yasker and Dandelion inter- interchangeably. So just roll I'll, with it. Yeah, I'm just roll with it. Um, but you're introduced with him in this in this pub where he introduces himself to. To Geralt. And um, oh,
1: I love the introduction. I yeah. love it because, like, he doesn't realize he's a witcher at first. He just sees a hot guy sitting in the corner.
0: And, oh, you you think that's what's going oh, on? Oh, for sure. Because at the end, he's like, oh, I know who you
1: are. Yeah. He totally sees a cute boy and just goes <laughs> for it, decides to shoot a shot. I ship them. Uh-huh. I'm not going to apologize for it. I realize it's never going to happen. Let me live in my happy place.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, you know, like, it gets to what some of the differences are in the way this character is portrayed on the show versus the game and versus the novels, Mm -hmm. I think, um, the novels, he is very much, uh, you know, a medieval (laughs) (laughs) fuckboy. like, like all it is is, you know, all these women he's, he's seduced. And, you know, and, and every city he goes to, you know, there's, there's some angry, you know, husband that like, it's just, it's, it's who he is. He's hetero with a vengeance (laughs) in the novels. And I think, you know, in the game too but in the third game he's kind of settling down a little bit yeah you know he's found someone that i think he actually loves and and so you don't quite see that side he he's a he alludes to it every now and then but but in the books it's a hundred percent there but i think on the show they definitely play that down that's that's either there are some either,
1: very soft moments yeah in future episodes between yeah. him and Carol.
0: yeah i mean like it it maybe is there in the show, but it also maybe isn't. Maybe they're just, they're just writing him a different way. Yeah. They're, they're they're portraying him a different way. And so, um, so yeah, if you say he's going over to talk to the cute guy with white hair in the in the corner. Well,
1: okay. Realistically, I think he sees someone that looks interesting. Yeah. He's interested in this person. He mm. finds this person fascinating. Yeah. So he just goes full steam ahead. And keep in mind, uh, timeline shenanigans, he's about 18 here. Okay. So he is very young.
0: Yeah. Even
1: though he looks the same throughout the entire course of the series. We'll get to that later.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so what do you think Geralt thinks of of Yasker when he first comes in here. He doesn't seem like he wants anything to do with him, but then he also lets him come with him. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, this is like a post-Black en Geralt, right? So uh-huh. he's in a bad place, both emotionally, financially. This is something you see later, but the costuming detail is phenomenal because his armor is rough. Is like it? it's oh yeah. There's a scene when they're spoiler alert they're captured by the elves. Uh-huh. He leans forward and you can see that there's like really crude stitching on yes. the shoulder pads of his armor, as the if he
0: had noticed. Yeah, in I am yeah, a visual, I
1: visual person, man. Oh my god! But, um,
0: this is why I love talking about. Yeah,
1: the like you you can see it's really crude stitching, as if he did it himself and didn't have the coin to like go to a proper blacksmith for huh. So it's like his armor, but it's all beat up and rough around the edges.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Yaskir introduces himself and he says he's basically he wants to make Geralt famous. Yeah,
1: because he's singing this song at the beginning and Geralt's very critical and he doesn't get the best reaction to his song. All the pub patrons are like throwing bread and stuff at him, which he takes. Siri, take note, turning down the rat. Jaskier knows you don't turn down floor bread. It's free bread. You eat that floor bread.
0: yeah. He has a weird line about bread know, in his pants. Yeah, talking yeah. to a man with bread in his I don't remember what the line is, it's but I remember. Something to the effect of
1: you wouldn't want to keep a man with a. Bread in his pants, waiting like as he's saying it. He's like, Oh, god,
0: what am I saying? Yeah, what did he what say? What am I saying? Is to that, this cute boy in the is corner. That, is that like him being awkward and yeah, like, Yeah, so. saying the stupid thing that after the words he'd be like, God, oh, why did I say that? You yeah, know? I
1: think so. Oh, I mean, who among us hasn't really? <laughs> but yeah, so Geralt, he's he said asked Geralt for criticism of his song mm-hmm. to which Geralt says they don't exist, yeah. talking about the monsters he's oh. singing about. Which, by the way, um, the lyrics to that song are all monsters that the townspeople in the book mention. So when we get to the, our book segment where we talk about the differences between the book and the show, these are all monsters that had been mentioned That's in the book that they worked into a, little, a song.
0: Little Easter egg. Yeah, were, it's pretty fun. For book fans, book readers. So so he meets Yasker, and like he gets a, like at the end of that that opening sequence, he gets a, a job. Yeah, um, which your contract. Yeah, a contract. There's a devil that's been stealing grain and food from from this village. You don't really get all that much in the way of detail, but um, but Geralt, you know, takes a contract, gets gets 150 um coins. I forget what they call them, ducats or something, ducats. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um but coin. I, 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 what I find so fascinating, what I find interesting is um he's originally offered hundred and Geralt says, 150 and <laughs> the guy agrees and he immediately pulls out a, a coin person tosses it to him so he you know he had exactly 150 <laughs> in his in his jerkin. and there's the
1: also a line too where the townspersons like i hear you take no prisoners referring to the whole butcher black of thing
0: <laughs> but your blaviken
1: blaviken Ah. Pronunciation. Drink. Drink. (laughs) Drink. Oh yes, producer Sean has decided. Oh, I slurred that. Producer Sean has decided that we have to drink every time we mispronounce a name. So here we go. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We've. I will too. We've been drinking a little bit. We've, you know, for for uh, you know, full um full disclosure, we've been drinking a little bit more in this episode (laughs) than in the first one.
1: It's a bit of a. Well, should we talk about the whiskey now and go back to it or finish talking about the show? Let's finish talking about the show and then we'll come back to
0: our whiskey. All right. So yeah, Uh, Butcher, Blaviken, you know, they're alluded to it. And and, um, since you mentioned it, we hear that name the first time in this episode. Yeah, um, Yaskir
1: called Yask- him the butcher of,
0: yeah. Yeah, and he gets he gets punched. He gets as a good a, punch. Yeah, as a in, in response. Um we hear that name for the first time and then also um the white wolf yeah. is is mentioned the first time. Yaskir Kind of off the cuff gives him that name, and so. I love
1: that he's as a true creative because I work in a creative field as well. Your listeners, I love the fact that he basically says the white wolf of uh, something. I'll like come back to it later, and then he just goes with white wolf, which yeah. is such an accurate portrayal of the creative process. Where eventually you're just like, oh, whatever, it's good enough. I'm just going to stick with that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um,
0: but I mean, yeah, white wolf obviously a really well known moniker for for Geralt, like one of his the names he's known by he's also known by butcher blaviken but what's great about the show is you see the first episode why he gets that name, where yeah. that, where that name where that name comes from white wolf obviously he's from the school of the wolf and he has white hair so that one's pretty pretty obvious um but um so yasker goes on this this um this job with him and he finds the devil is actually a, a sylvan named torque 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 the Sylvan. Um, a
1: wise and intelligent creature.
0: Yeah. Who, um, who Geralt, you know, tries, uh, gets in basically a, a fight with and then gets kind of cold cocked. Yeah. <laughs> Can we
1: talk about how much I hate the line, you're a dick with balls? I, <laughs> I hate it so
0: much. Why?
1: Okay. The first two times, and maybe this is just on me. But the first two times I watched this through, I did not understand, like, what they were talking about. And it wasn't until I read the story that I realized, like, oh, the humans put iron balls in the food, uh-huh. and that's what he's throwing. He's, but he it says that
0: in the show. Though. Sort of. No, after, he does. But, well,
1: he says it after the fact. Hero calls you're a dick with balls. And then he goes something to the fact of balls that I got from humans.
0: Yeah. And, I, balls, and I just didn't. Balls, iron balls that were placed in my food by humans to poison me or something all like of that, that. he does I, he I, does I, feel,
1: I don't know maybe it's he, just you know, me but no, I, definitely, I,
0: I I guarantee you he does the, it's first, on,
1: the first two times it wasn't until I read the story and I'm like oh, okay the humans put the iron balls in the food I get it now and that's what he's throwing it's it's like it really quick. clearer in the yeah. story
0: I kind of <laughs> like it I kind of like how crass he is you're yeah. a dick with balls because he
1: looks down <laughs> and then he says it I'm like oh dear lord <laughs> oh, he tried
0: yeah pay for effort Carol and then then gets cold cocked and wakes up in this cave oh
1: and yes of- also been knocked out by one of the aforementioned balls
0: yeah yeah well you know you know but yeah yeah, they yeah. Wake up they're both, they're both unconscious
1: oh. my point. yeah
0: and 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 bound in a cave where they're confronted by these elves who kind of beat the shit out of them and then um, they break
1: yes loot
0: they break last yes oh Yaskier's- you messed it
1: up you yeah. have to drink
0: all right i'm gonna kill this little dram <laughs> Um, they I break- do want to
1: point out, listeners, that we're all drinking, even though Tim's the only one that messed it up.
0: Yeah. Um, that's how we roll. You're 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 nursing that, though, I gotta say. <laughs> um, OK, so Yaskir gets. Um, yeah, he gets his loot broken and um, and, you know, pretty much they get they get beat up by these these elves and they get introduced by the leader uh, introduced to the leader of them, which is Bill Vandrill. Yes. Philavandrel. Philavandrel. The, 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 king, the king, king of the Elves. The King of the Elves, who you find out, like basically you find out these elves have been driven to these mountains because they've they've been they've been
1: displaced essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Displaced. They've been driven out of their home by the humans. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and this gets into the the Witcher lore, the history of this this universe, which is after um this event, the Great Conjunction, where which basically brought humans, um monsters, and monsters to the elven world. Um, you know, yeah, like at first, the elves, I think, sort of tried to embrace the humans, they taught them magic. And then um, the humans re- you know, rewarded them responded, you know, thanked them by basically using it against them. And, um, and, 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 you know, pummeling them into almost non existence, you like, know,
1: Tim, uh-huh. it's almost as if the real monster was man all along
0: okay you keep saying that <laughs> but i will hold oh, it's gonna happen every episode I will, hold, I will hold that the elves are you know they're not the greatest you know themselves you right. know like they, they um like i as as i've been watching the show and reading the books it feels like all the races have tried to learn to somewhat coexist and kind of put Put bygones, let bygones be be bygones, and leave the past in the past. Except for the elves. The elves are, you know, they have a big chip. But they on their
1: have, shoulder. But yeah. But they were here first. But so, and know, like everybody the, else came in. The
0: dwarves like, and the halflings, like they, they, they don't, they don't have as big a grudge as. Do we the elves know if do. the
1: dwarves and halflings were there with the elves, or was it just the elves? I don't, I don't know what the history
0: is, but I, I feel like you know. I feel like the humans came in and kind of humaned like, it up. Yeah, humaned <laughs> it up like a virus kind of came in and and. and well, stole they it. talk
1: about that in the books, not so much the show, but that humans reproduce like we're like rabbits to the elves right like we reproduce so much quicker than elves do Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so the
1: humans were like a virus in that they were able to take over in that way
0: the sense i get is this is well in the past and the elves just have not moved on and philavandril and his his little gang of elves that you meet they're living in the mountains and they're they're basically like you said they've been displaced you find out the sylvan has been basically stealing for them yeah trying Um, to help them feed themselves yeah yeah and these elves have been you know, stuck up there and and, you know, sort of living in isolation and um in and dreaming of this day where they they replenish their numbers and I guess, you know, reclaim their lands. But, you know, it's very clear that this is just not going to happen,
1: you know what else is interesting too. We find out via yeskir that the humans have been fed a bunch of propaganda mm-hmm. very pro human propaganda about yeah. how the elves are just oh, they went back into their golden palaces and and yesski' like an educated guy, he's a viscount. He went to school, you know, he went to Oxenford. He's a master of the seven liberal arts. Yeah. And he even believes this, like, yeah. lie that's been fed that he, oh, yeah, the elves just went away into their golden palaces. Yeah. Like, that's what
0: happened. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you get, you get, you definitely get um, the backstory of the sort of dynamic between the humans and the elves. I mean, you. You know, this is where um Jen's story sort of bleeds into yeah. Geralt's story because you also, like you, you said earlier, that bone cave yeah. is as it's the bones of elves and you know, and Istred um tells a story about you know how the elves taught humans, humans magic. magic, yeah. And um and and that's also referred to in the Geralt story. Phil evangelist says something about um humans corrupted chaos and Geralt says chaos is the same. Humans just adapted better. Yeah. But so, so anyhow, there's, there's this, this confrontation. Um, and you're unclear. I mean, you kind of know it's not going to happen because the show is called The Witcher. But, <laughs> um, but surprise, you know,
1: guys. He's dead in the second episode. Bye. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, you know, um, the elves seem like they want it. they're going to kill Geralt. He seems more than ready or willing to be, to die if, if that's what's going to happen. But I think, and I think this is ultimately the, the the key moment of the ep- of, of his story in this episode, he says something like, you know, don't, um, don't don't call me human. Yeah. You know, kill me if you must. Don't kill me because I'm a human. Don't call me human. And I think Torque says something like that too. I think he's the one who says where he's he's like us. Yeah,
1: you know? he could have killed me, but he didn't. He
0: didn't, you know, and 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 as we know, humans don't look you know, a lot of them don't look fondly on witchers. They're kind of seen as sort of freaks and mutants, um, and their existence is a little bit on their outsiders as well. So, so there, there, there is common ground there. And so he, yeah, Geralt says his line about don't call me human cuts to, I think, I don't know if it's Yen story or Siri's story, and then you come back and Geralt's free. And, yeah. um, and, and there's, uh, you know, yeah, a little bit of a discussion, um, you know, about that, and you know, and that's when Yaskir unveils his... Um, his loot. Know, his loot, his new loot, which was given to him by Phil Evandrel. And um, he sings, he, he starts singing the song, um, you know, Toss a Coin.
1: Okay, speaking of Yaskir, you know how we were talking about earlier, Joey Beatty being one of the amazing actors in this show? Yeah. He, oh my God, the reaction shots when Phil Evandrel's telling his story about the elves and everything... And it's on Joey Beatty slash Yaskier's face for a while. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. He's got like this amazing reaction shot. It's like the shot of a man who, as I mentioned before, is learning that everything he knew about the world is a total lie and total propaganda. Yeah. And he does it without a word. He uh-huh. like conveys all this without a word. It's mm-hmm. just so impressive. Like, he's so good.
0: Is he? Now, you've you've done some digging into, you know, stuff that he's, he's done. Is he... Has he acted much? Because- yeah, he's
1: been in a couple of things. I think okay. he was in The White Queen.
0: Mm, okay. um, he does
1: actually play the loop.
0: Yeah. Like, I know um, I know he's in a band, right? Yeah, he's <laughs> in The Amazing Devil. But Joey Beatty is 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 great. I mean, I'm 100% behind this casting. He is Dandelion to me or Yaskier or whatever you want to call him. I'm a fan.
1: But are you a fan of the song?
0: Of Toss a Coin? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I mean, how can you not, like, Toss a coin.
1: I have a love-hate relationship. Really? With I it. mean,
0: well, it's definitely an earworm. So it's
1: very it's, stupidly clever. Uh-huh. Like if you listen to the words, it's um like they have that pun about he can't be bleat instead of be. Yeah, cool, talking about and the Sylvan. And
0: there's something about elves on Elf the shelf. on a shelf. Elf, yeah, yeah, they put
1: the elves back on a shelf or something. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I I, I oscillate between that's so stupid and that's actually pretty clever. <laughs> It is a banger, though. I mean, it's quite the earworm.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, OK, yeah, some of the lyrics maybe are a little silly, but the tune is, you know, spot on. Like, it's it's so much fun. And I think it's very well used in the episode. Um, like it it. You know, just him starting to play it and him starting to sing it, you know, and then he starts going and you you get moments of the other two stories like this is where you see yen pushing the eels into the yeah. water and i think it's when you find out um dara's name mm-hmm. like he, and that he, he's an elf and that he's an elf and it's just it's 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 re- very well used and of course as the episode cuts to credits it's, it's the end credits song as well um it's you,
1: also his theme when he and gerald are first like going on the yes. little adventure together yeah it's yeah like the background music you, you
0: get it of course at that point you don't know what song is but you're right. right it does play then i'm i'm definitely a fan as a matter of fact you know a little behind the scenes things we almost call this podcast <laughs> toss a coin because surprisingly there is a one called that
1: indeed <laughs> yeah.
0: indeed. um but um but but we were
1: worried about copyright infringement yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but you know one thing i do want to say before we get off of um toss a coin that i find i think crucial there's a moment when he's playing and he starts talking about you know um, basically the events that happen, but he's not he's not actually being accurate to it. Like, what is it? Is he basically saying that he starts
1: singing the beginning of like uh, when I grace I forget the words, but yeah. Geralt of Rivia. Along came this song. And
0: yeah, but he, but he starts singing about how how um, he defeated the, the elves, the, yeah, the elves and the 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 sylvan, and you know, and then Geralt stops him and says. Uh, that's not what happened. What happened to your newfound respect? And there's this great oh, it's line, such a baller line. There's I this great it. line where um Yasker says to um, straight, completely straight faced, um, respect doesn't make history. Yeah. And um, and then he goes on and and sings the song. And I think it's a pivotal line because you know it ties into everything that's happened before about this this kind of false history that humans have created and the fact that there is this sort of lack of respect um with regards to the other races especially the elves it seems like should
1: we talk about this delightful whiskey we've been um sitting slash chugging
0: yeah i'm gonna have a a drink of it now because i haven't for a little bit Mm, a little bit so
1: bardstown
0: old bardstown
1: old bardstown excuse me
0: so it's not, like I said, it's not a, it's not a small batch whiskey at all. This is pretty kind of mid-tier, like standard sort of stuff, but it has it has this history. And I will say I'm not an expert on the Willet Willet distillery. God, I cannot say that name for some reason. It's some the reason. theme of the episode. Yeah. Willet. Um I'm, I'm not gonna make a drink on that one. God damn it, Sean. <laughs> okay. Um, hang on. <laughs> I'm not an expert on the Willett distillery, but I do know that at one point they changed ownership. And so while old Bardstown was the the bourbon that they kind of originally it was they broke with it's what sort of made their name after the distillery was sold and these new owners bought it and started it up they had there was a period where old Bardstown wasn't being distilled and then they brought it back so I don't want to say it's like a new old whiskey but it kind of is you know it's 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 kind of bringing back this legacy product that they had and I think you know as far as sort of straightforward bourbons go it's 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 pretty good I it's mean, very smooth it's very smooth yeah it definitely lends itself well to kind of mixing i think um if you want to but you know this is easy to sip just on its own especially like you said compared to that polish rye
1: <laughs> polish rye week. hey the polish rye I tried man it yeah. was fine it was just it had a bite yeah it kicked <laughs> you after you were done
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it was oh. like
1: because fuck you that's why yeah
0: <laughs> But, um, you know, say what you will, we've we've managed to kill quite a bit more of this bottle than we have than we did that one. So um, so if if we're playing a little fast and loose, that's why.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what we're blaming it on.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. Now I think it's time for our next segment. The care moron of the episode. Just a brief refresher. This is the character in the episode Mm -hmm. that just made like a really dumb decision at some point. Maybe yeah. they made a ton of dumb decisions. Maybe they just made one. Yeah. But do you want to, do we want to say at the same time or do you want to go
0: first or? I mean, I'll go first, but you All say right. immediately if you agree. Okay. Um, I think it's, it's because I don't know her name. That's why I didn't want to do it at the same time. The, the mother of, you know, oh, that series story. That's
1: a good point. I was focusing on main characters, oh. but I didn't think that. That's an ex- excellent choice. All right, so Pam. should I
0: say, should I? No, no,
1: that's good. Clarify. Go with it.
0: And then you can say yours. You know, she's just, one, she's a, you know, like I, I didn't find her character likable at all. But um, kudos
1: to the actress for being like really awful. Yeah. I mean, you know, awful in a complimentary way. Yeah. <laughs> she did a great job with that part.
0: But But, you know, the way she just kind of, you know, like abuses this this servant character of hers and you know and pays a price. I mean, you know, come on, you're a refugee. You guys are all just trying to survive. Yeah, the fact know. that
1: you're a refugee with a servant.
0: Yeah. It's like, mm. yeah, come on. You 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 know, check your privilege. You can't do that. And um and she pays a price. So she's my pick for this episode's care moron. Okay, that Who's was yours? a
1: great pick. And now I'm regretting my pick. Well but
0: I'm curious who yours is. Oh uh, well
1: mine's not anything like that. I am mm. um, picked yes here.
0: Okay. Because, like, why? while
1: I love Yaskir, and I say this with love, he sees a hot guy in a bar, and he's like, "Yes, you'll <laughs> do nicely," and then just goes for it and follows this dude around the continent for like, <laughs> goes on an adventure, gets kidnapped, and it works out for him. I was it works say, out all right. I'm kind of glad
0: he was. A, no, me a too. Moron, Don't though. get me wrong, but yeah.
1: he, he, you know wasn't the smartest decision. No,
0: no. That's not how you want to live your life. Like, that's not how. Yeah. It works
1: out narratively great. But, you know, as a (laughs) a person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird choice. Especially considering the dynamic between them on the show. Yeah. And you
1: you find out he's a witcher and you're like, yes, (laughs) I will follow you. So how old do you think they are when they graduate Oxenford? Because he's I, like 18 here. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Like I always assume with fantasy that they're like way younger. younger than, yeah. Cause like, you have like
1: a kid at 16 or yeah, whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like you don't want to think about that too much. But <laughs> like I always feel like they're they're ridiculously young. So um so yeah, he's 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 young. He's gonna make s- stupid decisions. And, you know, maybe this is one of those. Yeah. Um, but um, but I I wouldn't want him to make any other I know, so. a
1: stupid decision that's very fun for the rest of us.
0: <laughs> there are some pretty big differences between <laughs> this episode and, um, and the story it's based on. The story is called The Edge of the World. It's in the the first collection. I think what we're really talking about for this episode is um, the Geralt stories, like the the Yennefer and the Siri sections of this episode, they're entirely off the path. They're like, you know... Well,
1: I do have one quick addition, though, that's sort of off the path, off the path. Hmm. Dara. Dara is completely a show creation.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dara
1: is not in the books at all. So yeah. I think he's a nice addition to the story.
0: He's a nice addition to the story. But, I mean, I think you can make that case for a lot of characters. I mean, pretty much all the Siri characters, yeah. you know, except for the, maybe the Guardian who's pursuing her. They're all completely exclusive for the, the TV show. I don't know if all the, the Aratuza um students are are in the book. Like like some of them are obviously Fringilla and but you know some of the characters who end up eels and Sabrina. <laughs> I have no idea if Elified. Sabrina. Is Sabrina in the books I have no I idea if she, is. she is I like, think she is it feels like it feels like they mention a Sabrina but Geralt's story is is based on a, a short story. Like I said it's the edge of the world and there are some considerable Differences in this story. There's things like the introduction, the beginning um in the in the the short story when he gets the contract. There's a lot more to it. You meet these villagers, and like you said earlier, they they talk about these monsters. They that, have very
1: antiquated views of yeah, like the monsters. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah um, that they believe a lot of exist. stuff that isn't true.
0: Yeah, a lot of sort of folklore myths that you know these monsters that don't exist. And, um, and as you said, there's a little Easter egg that nods to them, you know, in Yasker's song at the beginning. Bottom line is he still gets his contract. He still, um, you know, finds his devil. It's a sylvan like it is in the short story. That's the same. You know, there's a little bit more to it, but all that's the same. He ends up with, uh, you know, being kind of held captive by these, these elves. He meets Phil Evandrel. But the biggest difference, I think the the the, you know, where it goes, you know, most off the path this character of, and I don't know, I don't know how to say her name for sure, but I'm going to say Lily, Lily um, Lille, L I L L E is how it's spelled. But you find out in the short story who she is is she's the assistant of this sort of old, like like wise, wise woman. Well, yeah, wise village, woman. Yeah. Who basically um, is is the person who advises the village on how to deal with with their problems. And, um, and it's, it's indirectly through her that I think they bring in a witcher and also how they try to deal with, um, the the Sylvan and, and where those, those iron balls come into the, into play. So that's explained, certainly explained a lot better in the short story, but anyway, Lily, Lily is her assistant, but you don't realize that until the very end when she reveals herself as a sort of mythological lady of the fields who is, is kind of a, I guess, like sort of a, almost a goddess, like a, you know, to the, the villagers, but also to the elves as well. Mm-hmm. And it's her, she's the one who basically tells them to let go, let, let Geralt go. And, and, and out of reverence to her, they do, you know, that's a pretty big difference because it's very clear why the elves let Geralt and Yaskir go in the book. It's not quite as clear in the tv show it's a little bit it's left to more to your interpretation so i'm curious you know one what you think of that of that and two you know based on just tv show putting the the short story aside why do you think they let gerald go is it the whole i'm i'm not human oh yeah
1: well i think he appealed to their nature that he's also a misfit and has been downtrodden and treated poorly by the humans as well and he's not a human you know he's he has a different moral code than yeah. the humans. Yeah. And I think they were. Really, and the fact that Tork the Sylvan stands up for him as well.
0: Yeah. But what do you think of this 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 change in this character being removed? I mean,
1: I've never been a deus es machina fan. Yeah. So I, I'm fine with it. Like, it yeah. doesn't. I know you're more of a fan. We do lose a bit of humor that happens in, yeah. the, in the short story that's not present in the show. But
0: I mean, I'm OK with them having i i realize you know if you're going to introduce yennefer and siri at this point in the show you kind of have to do something like this and i realize, like yeah they're going to lose details that's just the nature of adapting mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm less disappointed with that and, and to be frank i think i'm okay with these changes in general i don't think this is one of my favorite um witcher short stories there are moments i like in it but i i wouldn't put it among my favorite in the Last Wish collection, so I I'm not too precious about any of it, but I do feel like it's a little a little more clear what happens mm-hmm. here in the short story than it is in in the episode. The episode, you know, is a little bit more ambiguous. I'm fine with these changes, basically. Yeah,
1: and in the story, this is like a random, just little change. But um, Dandelion, aka Yaskir, gets the loot from.
0: Yes, Taruvial, who's yeah. the female
1: elf that like breaks his loot instead that, of like, yeah the elf king. Yeah, in the story. I,
0: I will say I do like that a little better in the in the short story. I just think I remember feeling like it was kind of poignant, you know, because yeah. she's so
1: she's she, mad that he's playing music, that he's a human that's daring, yeah, to create something beautiful,
0: and and she's just so angry in general. Like she's you know, it, both yeah. in the short story and in the show, you know, she's just really abusive towards them. Yeah. And um, and the fact that she, you know, after all this, you know, is willing to make that sacrifice and give up her loot, I think is kind of poignant. I think if you're a Witcher fan, I would recommend reading the short story just to get a little bit more. But but the other big difference, the ending of the, the stories, I think, are are different. We talked about the ending of the the episode with the whole line about respect doesn't make history. I think it's a much more cynical ending than the ending in the short story, which kind of ends with um, Geralt um, Dandelion and Tork just kind of like, like hanging out. Yeah, and, just and, hanging
1: out bro out. Yeah. Know?
0: And like like I like this moment where like Yasker's playing, you know, Dandelion's playing the, the lute, and and Torque's playing some like like pan flute, but not yeah. doing it very well. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and he's
1: insisting that Dandelion's terrible.
0: And Yeah. And, and they're both like just like like totally jamming out. And Geralt's just like not he's tolerating it, but he's not into <laughs> it. I, I don't know. I kind of like it. And the fact that that there's kind of sort of this this friendship, you know, like informal friendship that's sort of like developed within these three characters, and you know, presumably Torque goes on, you know, and does his own thing. But at, the, at least in this moment, they're having this night where they're just kind of yeah, broing out and playing some music, drinking some some whiskey or I don't know what they're drinking. <laughs> mead. Uh, <but> yeah, mead, <laughs> and just hanging out around a fire. Ale. Um, yeah, and it's 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 a nice ending. It's a warmer ending, and I, I think less cynical for sure than the ending of the episode. Well,
1: speaking of Dandelion, Uh one of the changes that I am 100% behind is the show, like, making Yaskier less of a womanizer in a cad. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, in the book, our first introduction to Dandelion is that he's essentially running away from the family of a girl he knocks up, and Uh they're trying to hold him accountable for it. And like, I'm going to put on my feminism hat here for a minute, but I hate it so much. I hate that introduction. It's like such a shit thing to do. And it makes me really dislike the character right off the bat. Like you get to just later out of the situation while this girl is stuck having your bastard child. And this is a girl who lives in a medieval society where a woman's worth is tied to a bullshit purity culture <laughs> and now her value in said society is essentially ruined, but you get to get off scot-free? Like, thanks, I hate it. Uh, so I'm super, super glad they cut all that out. And he's more of like this artistic poet and like yeah. you said, not a fuckboy necessarily. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I hate that introduction to his character so much. Yeah. <laughs> As a woman, you know, I'm I reading it. I that. This is his deal.
0: Yeah, I understand. And even and I, I think I find the characterization of Yaskir on the show it it just reads better now yeah. than than his characterization in the books. I think it's it's time to move on to our counting, shortest
1: segment. Yeah, <laughs>
0: counting how many
1: hums. So, hmms. gentle listeners. We thought this was just going to be a fun, clever, pithy segment. <laughs> it's actually quite controversial. Yeah. Because if you watch the show with closed captioning, which, you know, peek behind the scenes, that's how we try to count the hmm sometimes. Yeah. Closed captioning doesn't get all of them. No. Sometimes you hear one and you're like, wait, was that a grunt? Was that hmm? Was that Geralt doing the hmm? Was that somebody else doing the <laughs> hmm? Where is this hmm coming from? <laughs> so we have a number. Your mileage may vary. Yeah. But Tim, do you want to reveal...
0: Do well, a little countdown? Well, sure. Okay. The number is two, but <laughs> it was your number and I'm, I'm totally trusting you. I, I like, you know, I just, no, so.
1: no,
0: no, not a blame. I, I will hundred percent go to bat for you. I think, you know, I think the number is two, but I, I actually had just written down one. There
1: is only one that shows up with the closed, closed captioning. Caption. Yeah. There is another one that I feel like he does it guys. Yeah.
0: No, I, I believe you because one thing I did. Have written down. And, and so I will go so far as to say you counted two. There may possibly there may even be, be more, more because <laughs> there are a lot of times in this episode where, you know, I found like like you don't see a hmm in the closed caption or he necessarily even for sure, confidently, 100 percent hear one. But Geralt is making his hmm face, and there's maybe like a lot of this is at the end when when Yasker is starting to sing his song, and Geralt's riding the horse, and like Roach like is 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 naying, so I'm like maybe Roach was naying over, hmm, you know, (laughs) uh, like. Like it's just a little unclear. So I mean, I'll, I'll go with two. All right, um, all right, two, two, two
1: for now. Which is for, which
0: is by far a lot less than. Um, yes, last it was episode. a
1: surprising uh, yeah. lack of hmms in yeah. this episode. Yeah, like
0: like I was getting to the point um, watching this episode, that I'm like, oh my god, is there are we going to get a gonna zero? A hmm. Yeah, is there not going to be any? And then there was at least one. And I'll give you like I think there probably was two because I definitely there were moments I was making note where I'm like. It feels like maybe one could have been here. (laughs) Anyhow. Hey, guys. For our next segment, Crossroads of Destiny, we talk about what we're looking forward to in Season 2. Now, I know by the time you're listening to this, Season 2 is on the air, but we just wanted to make it clear. We record this podcast well in advance, so... Where we're at right now, season two has not happened. We really don't know what's going to happen. So when we talk about what we're looking forward to, we're being sincere. Hopefully we're pretty close to what we see. But if not, I'm sure you'll let us know.
1: That brings us to our final segment, Mm -hmm. the Crossroads of Destiny, where we talk about things from the upcoming season that we're looking forward to.
0: Yeah. So today,
1: with Toss a Coin on Our Minds, Uh we're going to talk about the music of the witcher
0: and just looking forward to music in season two. Um, we don't, obviously we don't know what the music's going to be, but we know there will be music and both, you know, we're talking about the score of the series as well as any Yaskir songs. And we do know um, the showrunner has promised that there will be Jaskier songs. Yes. Yeah. And
1: all of the music in season one from the Yaskir songs to the score itself were all done by the same um, team of composers. Uh, Sonia Belisova, and Jonah Ostinelli. And they've collaborated previously on The Mist and The Romanovs. And they, I have to say, they did some really badass work. Like, that soundtrack is a banger.
0: It's true. Oh, by the way, I'm going to assume you pronounced those names wrong. I I'm did drinking. it right.
1: I wrote it out phonetically I after mean, you,
0: you. They're perfect. I don't know. I'm going to drink because <laughs> I feel like you, you know. Oh, you producer know.
1: Sean is plus like we're, pulling the bottle.
0: Plus, we're himself. getting near the end of the episode. And you still have quite a bit <laughs> left in your, your quite a
1: bit. I refilled. <laughs> anyway, so they did I. they do an amazing job. The score is amazing. Yeah. It's on iTunes. You can listen to the whole thing. It's on um, Spotify as well.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know, you
1: can buy it. And the season one score is so fantastic. I'm really excited for the ballot. I'm really excited to see what Yaskir treats we have in store for season yeah, two. Yeah,
0: yeah. Especially what little we've seen of Yaskir in season two. You yeah. know, there are so many. What's so cool about music is because there are these different layers. You know, you got this character who is a musician who does play these songs And, um, you know, and then of course it has just your typical sort of fantasy score. I feel like they've done a good job sort of developing which are themes, which are motifs in this first season. I'm I'm curious to see how it grows and develops. Obviously we'll go into other elements of what's in season two and future episodes of our podcast, but, um, but just knowing what's there and knowing that they'll be at Kaer Morhen and, you know. Yeah, like I'm really what excited sort of to see, like,
1: the Kaer Morhen music and what themes the other and, witchers might get. Because, like, right now we have a clear Geralt theme. We have a Yennefer theme. I think we have a Ciri theme as well. Yeah. Like, Toss a Coin mm. is kind of Gear's theme. Yeah. And, yeah, the Kaer- the Kaer Morhen music and the Witcher music in general. I'm really excited to see what's going to be up with that. And
0: just uh, the new characters that get introduced and what sort of, you know, musical motifs they play with their... Uh... Oh,
1: like the spy stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah. Uh,
0: it'll be fun. Fun. all right well then i think i think it's about time to wrap this up till next time <laughs> we'll see you guys on the path right Letting ho! <laughs> whiskey with witcher is a malcontent media production by tim beadle and valerie petrarca our producer is sean farina for updates picks and behind the scenes shenanigans follow us on twitter at whiskey witcher, and on Instagram at whiskeywithwitcher. Want to express your undying love for Roach or recommend a good whiskey? Email us at whiskeywithwitcher at malcontent.media. Who knows? We might even get drunk enough to read your email in a future podcast. If you like what you've heard, toss us a proverbial coin by rating and reviewing this show on Apple Podcasts and subscribing wherever podcasts are downloaded. Cheers! I don't have any more to drink so. <laughs> There's a bottle right there. Yeah, I think I think I've probably had enough. <laughs> <laughs>